This week on Low Earth Orbit, we review the Lego movie. Hello, I'm Emmett. I'm just going to come right out. I have no idea what's going on at all. My fellow master builders, including, but not limited to, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Mermaid, Green Ninja, 1980-something Space Guy, Hello. Michelangelo, Michelangelo, and the 2002 NBA All-Stars. We have learned that Lord Business plans to end the world as we know it. There is yet one hope. The special has arisen. I think I got it, but just in case, tell me the whole thing again. I wasn't listening. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 31. I'm Scott Stevenson. I'm Justin Voss. I'm Steve Merman. This week we're reviewing The Lego Movie. This is a 3D animated movie based literally on the, the Lego toy line. It's directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And it is also written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And there's a really extensive starring cast. Uh, the top name cast is Chris Pratt, who is in, he actually plays the lead role. And he was in Moneyball as Hatterberg, and he also played the receptionist in Her, uh, just to identify who he is. Will Ferrell, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Nick Offerman, Allison Brie, Charlie Day, Liam Neeson, and Morgan Freeman. And the conceit of the movie is that there's this ordinary guy, ordinary Lego guy, construction guy, who uh, Emmett is his name, played by Chris Pratt. And he's going about his life, doing his normal everyday Lego things, following his list of things to do every day. And he kind of finds himself in another world, uh, another part of the Lego world. And clarity ensues. <laughs> I'm trying to think. That's I probably mean, the least spoilers. Way to yeah, I, I, was, I yeah. was trying to dance around it. I mean, so, so basically he ends up, it's an adventure movie, basically. Right. So he, he starts off with this very rudimentary life. Some things happen. And then he gets pulled through into this much more elaborate adventure. And it is 3D animated. Uh, we all saw it in 2D, though. And it does give the impression of a 2D stop-motion kind of thing. They actually all look actually like Legos, so it's not stylized in the same way that like Incredibles is. It actually looks like bricks. Uh, but, Justin, what do you think? I thought it was good. Uh, really good, actually. I, I'd heard good things about it. It has an incredible rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think everyone who's seen it has had a really positive reaction. Um and, and it was good. You know, I think at the beginning, I was a little worried because at the very start of the movie, I wasn't sure that this was my brand of humor for a minute there. But then after a while, it sort of hit its stride and it was really fun. Um, and it was goofy and very self-aware. And um, but it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was really enjoyable, you know, and just just the concept of let's watch a movie about, you know, Legos is exactly as much fun as you think it would be. Would you call yourself a Lego fan? Oh, totally. OK. Steve, what is what is your relationship with Legos? Do you have Legos growing up? Uh, I did, in fact, have Legos growing up, Scott. <laughs> I actually didn't know the answer to that. <laughs> oh, that was a leading question. No, no, no. Uh, I really actually, didn't know. No, I had I had tons of Legos growing up. Okay. Um, I never really followed the directions when building them. I just made my own inventions. But yes, I was. A you were huge, a master builder, uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. Um, so, what do you think of the movie? What do you think I thought of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is fantastic. Okay, okay. So uh, what what I would guess, you would think, is that uh, the overall story arc was predictable. Uh, but there were some interesting twists and turns along the way. And things happening not quite the way you were expecting. And you thought there were some moments were pretty funny. And overall, you basically liked the movie, but you didn't totally love it. You're surprisingly close. <laughs> 
I had very low expectations coming in. Yeah. Because I feel like I was going to be watching Product Placement, the movie, which is exactly <laughs> what it is. Isn't so, there, so there's there's so much exists? product placement in this movie, it boggles the mind. But they embrace it, right? It's the same level of product placement as Transformers, which is where the entire movie is based on a product. Yes. <laughs> well, well, but it's also it's recursive, though, because there's like Batman and there's like all these other yeah. brands that like... Which, over- I, which, I, which I don't really like that. I didn't really like when they go took that turn as a company. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's probably fine. that was good that they embraced that because they, as opposed to trying to ignore that because mm-hmm. that's kind of who they are now. But I've never particularly liked that. It's sort of you're a, a Lego purist. That yes, apparently <laughs> you like the bricks. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was sort of at turns funny and cringeworthy and uh, unintentionally cringeworthy or like uh, unintentionally. Cr- I mean, and probably mostly just to me. Like it has such a like a standard. It was just that the story was just overall so generic. Like it was a standard one-dimensional corporate villain, a standard you know everyman hero. The you know I the standard everyone has special <laughs> message you know for you know that for the for the kid movie. The, you know the standard Joseph Campbell you know, hero's journey plot line. You know he literally much. descends exactly. <laughs> the standard you know Morgan Freeman as the wise old man, you which know, he did a great job of. You know he has every he does in every movie anymore. <laughs> um, and it almost felt like it was trying to parody kind of the modern blockbuster, kind of the modern sort of, you know, superhero in a blockbuster. I don't know that it ever really, you know, transcended what it was parodying. It just became another one of those. And there was enough funny little, like, Lego jokes along the way, that which I liked that. And it helped it helped it be better than what I thought it was going to be because my, my opinion, my expectations were so low that it, it, it did better than that. Not by much, though. So on the whole, I, I didn't really like it. <laughs> I think other people would love it. So yeah. I, I, it's one of these things where I would probably recommend it, but even though I didn't like it, kind of the opposite of what you were doing like a couple episodes ago, Justin, where like you liked it but wouldn't recommend it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Kentucky Round Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great game. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> should play it. <laughs> the paradox of Justin Boss. <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't like it, but everyone else will. So you should go and watch it. Okay. Uh, I think, I think. I'm not too far from you guys. I, I I think I liked it better than either of you guys. I think it's actually, I think it's a really brilliant movie. Like I think it's just a really well made movie. Um, I, I think the only the only real knock on it is that it is a very straightforward story. I mean, like the the overall arc is very straightforward. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in between that you're not expecting, which I thought was really cool. I mean, a lot of characters show. I mean, we can we have to do a spoiler section because there's some pretty awesome things that happen. And I, I would kind of argue that. It, the, the beginning of the movie, it, it's just a little slow to find its traction, kind of like what Justin said. Um, but by the end of the movie, I think it, it, it really is firing on all cylinders, you know. And I, I I disagree a little bit about the the idea that it didn't do enough parody. Because the thing that doesn't really come across in the trailer, um, it's fairly subversive. Like, I mean, there is there's a pretty heavy commentary on, like, consumerism and... Um, you know what, what does that mean for our society? It, it's it's something that kids won't pick up on. I felt, I felt like it was the standard commentary on that. Uh, maybe they're not like breaking any new ground. Well, yeah. it was it was more than I would have expected in a movie like that. I guess is what I'm getting That's at. That's probably true. Um, so it, I think if I was to choose one thing that I think, well, certainly stuff that happens in the last half hour enough, you know, maybe is enough to see it just for that stuff because I think that's really really cool. But um, there's so many like one-off funny moments that are so funny, and I was laughing out loud. And you know, just just all the collection of those moments. It's like a even if you just treat it as a collection of like little like you know thirty second Lego skits, I think that's still pretty pretty fun. 
Um, and just the 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 whole experience of like seeing all the Lego stuff alive, I thought was a really cool experience. So it, it's not like it's I think with the way you said it is that it's not transcendent in that sense, you know, um, but I really liked it. I think it's a really good movie. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I would easily recommend people see it. You know, if your expectations are calibrated, you know, it is it is. A straightforward storyline. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it feels like a kid's movie. I mean, there are some elements which, you know, sort of transcend above. It's no, it's no Up or Wally you know, or any of these kind of, you know. Where, where it's, it's not where, quite that high concept. Yeah, yeah. Where, where there's like, it's a kid's movie, but there's a whole other equally amazing or more amazing adult movie blended in. Yeah. You know, there's like, it's more like a kid's movie with some adult bones thrown out along the way. And particularly if which you Which is played, standard fare for most kids' movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. And if you played, you know, like as a kid, there, I think it's kind of fun to, you know, identify all, all the, you know, the pieces and identify like a lot of the, like the trees and all these special, like, you yeah. know, things that were sort of standard Lego fare. Yeah. And I, one thing I really liked was, you know, how Octan was so, you know, prominently featured. Yeah. Because I remember as a kid just being like, so like... Uh, you know, kind of astounded that this fictional petroleum company was so heavily, like, like you know, it's so very prominent in the Lego universe. And I, and I still to this day don't know why. And I kind of forgot about it. But I remember as a kid, like, why is there nothing else in the Lego world branded except for petroleum? <laughs> I mean, this is like, it's, I mean, it's like the big plastic out of and that's why they did it. I don't know. But there aren't any other, like, fake brands that I recall. But there is the very prominent fake Octan brand, which is all over Legos. The story behind that would make a fascinating episode on someone else's podcast <laughs> <laughs> right i mean this sounds, I like a great, this sounds like a great radio lab episode <laughs> yes. right? behind like, the break why why octan like, you know um the, the thing i think that's also worth mentioning is that there's a lot a lot of of kind of character cameos yeah. across different lines and there are some the the moment they can go by and you can almost miss it is there's sort of some like self-deprecating commentary from Lego. They're like, we'll forget about all this. Yeah, they, 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 I they love that. Yeah. That was really good. It has to be one of my favorite parts of the movie. So that, it doesn't I don't think it ruins anything. I think it's worth highlighting that basically they're they're running through all the parallel universes that exist within the the Lego multiverse. You know, like Wild West Land and all these other things. And then they're like flipping through it. And then there's a bunch of we shouldn't actually talk about. And they're like really bad brand covers. <laughs> like really Lego sets they shouldn't have made. And um and there's I mean there's there's a lot of moments like that, I think. Yeah. And, and, I, and I yeah I think that they do well when they did that. And if they would have they would have done more of that or they would have like or maybe maybe they did the right amount of that and they just they would have had a more creative story to kind of like that was underneath all of that. Yeah. It would have been a lot higher in my book. But it's like they took the most the most obvious story. Yeah. And then on top of that, they layered all this wonderful creative, you know, Lego specific humor. Yeah. And and it's enough to like, you know, for me to, to be my expectations, because I didn't think they would do quite as good a job with their Lego, you know, Lego humor. But just that they start with such a you know low, you know, starting point mm-hmm. with the story that it just it's like a huge Sort of lost in. in I understand what you're saying. I what you're saying. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't ruin the movie for me. I I, I could see how you could you know ha- how it would have been. It could have been something else if it, they had kind of like really broken new ground there. But I, I still think it's totally worth seeing. I really enjoyed it. I love how there's so much detail in the movie. Like there's yeah. a lot of. It's one of these things where there's so much stuff happening in the background. It's really dense. Yeah, there's tons of stuff, and I feel like you could watch it like multiple times, and every I time you that, would yeah. catch like some other thing in the background. Like, did you see? Like, yeah, whatever is happening. I actually, I think I'll like, probably end up seeing it again in 3D. Yeah, um, and then as a, you know, both to see 3D, but also just to catch some more of that detail because mm-hmm. there's yeah, like you say, there's so much stuff happening, and yeah. it's just like particularly it's one of those things where like. It's not as heavy-handed as in some movies, but there's definitely times where there's a character in the foreground talking, and there's some mm. other crazy shit happening in the background. Mm, yes, that's supposed to be the actual funny part, yeah. you know. Um, 
but yeah and even even like the models themselves like there would be spots where they would like zoom in real close on one of the characters faces and you can see like scratches in the plastic and yeah. stuff yeah it's like wow it's well yeah like the, 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 the spaceman thing was really interesting because it was as if somebody had bought one of those old like you know 80s 90s whatever legos mm-hmm. Uh, characters and stuff had just worn off on them over time. He's got the cracked helmet. The, cracked yeah. helmet. The, yeah. the, the, the paint isn't so good on right. like you know his uniform or whatever, which like, is pretty I'm awesome. Like, <laughs> I have that like, like I, have, I have exactly that yeah. one, and he probably somewhere. looks that way. He does the look cracked just helmet, like that. yeah, exactly. The, the cracked helmet is I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the one thing I think I'll just mention, we'll have to talk about it after the spoiler break. But if you're kind of on the fence, like if you think you may not see the movie. Maybe just wait for the spoiler break and find out if it might be kind of more your thing. Because I really think it becomes a different. Ooh, I don't know. It, I, it is different, but I, I, but I think if you knew, I think, it ahead the, of I think, time, the, I think the magic is. Yeah, that's true. That's, true. that's true. That's yeah. true. Okay. All right. Well, then, if you're on the fence, I would just say go see it because you know I, I think it's, I, I think there are a lot of fun moments yeah. to experience. I think if you had fond memories of playing with Legos yeah. as a kid or even as an adult, yeah. um, there's a really good chance that you'll really like this movie. Yeah, and I. I agree that most people will like this. That <laughs> <laughs> you should go look, watch it. All right. So, uh, if you have any feedback on the episode, you can email us at feedback at lowearthorbit.fm. You can also send us a tweet at Lower Earth Show. And all the show notes for the episodes that we do, if you're trying to track down something we talked about, we meticulously itemize them on the website at lowearthorbit.fm. All right, so we had a few more thoughts that we wanted to talk about with stuff that happens in the movie that's spoiler-related. Uh, and also, I think Steve had a few more thoughts about the animation style. Do you just want to start off with that? Um, sure, yeah. So the animation style was interesting in that it felt... I found it a little bit jarring because some things were very fluid, like you expect them to be like Toy Story style. And some things felt like stop-motion. And you would switch back and forth within the same scene or even different like parts of the same scene. Um, and I sort of kind of understand what they, why they did, they do it because the things which, you know, like when there's an entire Lego like ocean you know, set. <laughs> well, it's like, like, or an entire like Lego, like, you know, plane or submarine or whatever it is. Then that's sort of like moving like as if you were like playing with it yourself, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the real world and it moves fluidly. But when like. Like there's there's when they're using the bricks to sort of represent real materials, then the bricks are like being added or removed sort of on the fly, and it gives a stop motion effect. And I think that's what they were that that was the difference. It was always a little bit hard for me to tell because sometimes like when he was like the 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 villain was walking, mm-hmm. he'd have that stop motion effect, and it was unclear to me why he had that. But it be his, yet everything else would be you know very smooth you know around him. You guys uh, have, this, yeah, have this sort of. I, I, I don't know if I would I, articulate in the same way you did. I, I don't know how I would, but yes, I mean, I noticed it. It did seem. It seemed inconsistent what the rules were. Yeah, that. exactly. Like I, put, I kept. It was really distracting for me because I was trying to figure out what the rules were. I thought I knew what the rules were, and there were certainly like trends of the kinds of things that we would use one or the other, but it didn't ever feel consistent. And I kept like trying to you know figure that out, and it, it sort of distracted me from the actual movie at hand. I suspect the rule of thumb was probably which makes for like the more interesting shot. Like, is it yeah. more is it more interesting if we do the stop motion thing, or is it more interesting if we do it smoothly? And I think they probably just did it like on a shot by shot basis. Like, I bet there, I, I suspect there was no overarching rule other than whatever looks good in this particular shot. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking of the case. The ocean was the one that stood out the most for me. And the ocean, they were flying over the ocean at some point, and the the plane and the the enemies were flying fluidly, and the ocean was stop motion. But I 
at the same time, I can't think of how you would have done the ocean fluidly because it wasn't the ocean itself was not moving. It was the bricks literally rising yeah. and falling. And that, that made sense. But there were definitely other things, like I said, the walking that seemed that stop motion. And maybe they just needed the one to continuously have a mix. So you didn't it, it wouldn't be jarring when the stop motion you know popped in when it had maybe, to. Maybe or yeah. something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know if there was a rule to it. It didn't occur to me if there was. Yeah. Um, OK, so we I mean, we have the elephant in the room. The the end of the movie for me personally, I it affected me emotionally. What happened at the end of the movie? So, p- please God, if you've not seen the movie, <laughs> stop listening now and go see it because it, it, it truly is something that's uh, very surprising. So what happens is Emmett, so he he throws himself in the void trying to save everybody, and he ends up in the kids' room or the family's room, I guess, where all this is taking place. So you get to see the real world incarnation of this entire thing that you were seeing so it's it's like fourth wall kind of like fourth wall busting in a way not not for the movie but you're basically you're immersed in this lego world and then you get pulled out and you're like oh it's all part of this sort of thing that's in a basement um and in that from that frame of reference when you're inside of that lego world that is existence you know i mean you get pulled out and it's like oh it's just in this kid's basement so that in itself, I think, is a pretty cool experience just to kind of see it from that perspective and see like the real world overlaid on top of the Lego world. But I thought even better than that was the sort of the second movie that was happening in a way, you know, the movie that was about the relationship between the boy and Will Ferrell, which having him as the dad, that the perfect great. choice. Oh, that was so good. Because I knew it was he was playing the the villain, the oh, Lego he, villain. Is he do the voice of the villain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I didn't. I mean, I knew that going in. I think they're pretty vocal about, or in the advertising or press or whatever, they're yeah. pretty straightforward about the fact that he's doing that voice. But you don't expect it to a be him standing there, and b he's sort of the same guy. Like it's the same. Yeah. You know, it. it you could see how this entire story was concocted inside of the kid's head. Yes. Yeah. And it's it sort of have, has shades of like the Toy Story thing. You know, where where they always would open opening in the Toy Story movies, they would show like the imagined version of what's happening in the kid's head. But I, I actually personally think this is a better take on that idea because it's not like, oh, this is all pretend, and then you snap out and that didn't really count or whatever. For him, for the Lego guys, that 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 is reality. You know, they're that is their their point of reference for what what is real. And I thought that that for me made it a more emotional experience because in the Toy Story stuff, it's always like, oh yeah, we were all pretending that you know the pig had the spaceship and and we we're saving Woody and and then that that's over. But I thought it was cool that. Like he he had surpassed the Lego realm and then went back in to save everybody and to him that was real. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, there's been other movies that have done this, but I'm really struggling to think of which ones they are. I don't. But they used to do it with like animation, right? Where it'd be like you know cartoon, yeah. like drawn animation, and at some point the line between like the real world and the animated world would like get blurred. Somehow. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. there's who framed Roger rabbit, but that's a, sure. that's a different take on the same thing where the whole movie is like, yeah. That. So one of my but, favorites is, uh, there, there was a series like maybe three of them. There was a, a series of Looney Tunes shorts that were like bugs and Daffy, like fighting with the animators. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Where they would like take the pencil and like, <laughs> you know, they would start, the animators would fight back and start drawing like weird stuff on the back of Daffy duck. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that occurs to me right now. Yeah. But, um, I just feel I I didn't know Will Ferrell was the bad guy, the voice of the bad guy. Do you guy. like Will Ferrell? Is in general? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. So <laughs> let's qualify the what, what comes. Yeah. But, but he did a fine job voicing the bad guy. Yeah. But I feel like the having Will Ferrell or one of his ilk have a cameo in what an otherwise ilk? perfectly good movie is itself a. Oh, you actively thing. dislike him. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's like it's, it's, it's like this cliche to have like you know like him or like one of these other you know there's this whole like little like you know troop of you know actors that you know appear in bad comedy movies that then cameo in either their friends other bad, bad comedy movies or otherwise good movies for a brief periods of time. Did you you liked him as Stranger Than Fiction though, right? No, I mean every every one of these guys has like just by a lot of averages. Yeah, like has like one or two good movies. <laughs> but I'm actually like often often they're really good actors if they actually you know are in a serious role. So but. did you? So I have two questions. One is, do you think the Stranger Than Fiction will Farrell shut up here? And so it's like no is the answer. And then the second question I have is, do you? Did you just like that entire, you know, last third act? Or did you not like the fact that he was in it and he liked the idea? I mean, certainly the ha- having him be in it didn't help sell the idea for me. Particularly given the, the, sort of like the way they suddenly cut to him. And like it was clearly that they were trying to go for the shock value of seeing Will Ferrell in this movie. Which worked on me. Um, and for me, immediately, I like my opinion of the movie to drop like, you know, a few more notches. Oh. And, and so like then the story like kind of helped recovered a little bit because it, you know, it sort of felt sincere. But I feel like the damage had already been done. Like, they, mm-hmm. are, they, they already pulled the let's throw Will Ferrell in the movie, you know, for shock value card, and it she felt like it cheapened it so much that they it couldn't undo the damage. That's really interesting because I thought, I thought that was an interesting choice. Like, I thought it would have been easier to choose somebody that would be more like a conventional, like somebody who would more typically play like the father character or like a more, I guess, evil you know, evil, evil villain dad or something like that. And I thought it was a really interesting choice that he was, he's known for his comedy roles, but here he wasn't really doing a comedy role. I mean, he, he, there were funny moments, but he, that wasn't the focus. It didn't seem like that's why they chose him for that, for that section of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it work, didn't work on you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't work. I didn't have that emotional resonance. Like it, I, 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 I you know, started to almost begin to feel something like, and, and when they came back the second time to them, you know, because there's sort of two segments of that yeah. as part of that world, you yeah. know, and and it started to maybe begin to work, but it wasn't it wasn't enough. And I was still just so annoyed at having Will Ferrell in this movie that I was otherwise beginning to enjoy. And then Will Ferrell had to show up in it and I just wasn't. enough. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was cool. Like, I, I thought that, you know, the role that he played was um, you're talking about the, the live action, the also. live action Will Ferrell, I thought was cool because. I don't know. I think the part that actually was the most surprising to me wasn't the fact that Will Ferrell showed up as much as it was sort of the revelation that these aren't the kids' Legos. Like, that was mm, the part yeah. that I thought was really interesting. Because I feel like that's something that's probably been true about Lego for a long time, which is that I think probably the most vocal, like, fans of Lego are not kids, you know? Um, but it was interesting to see that Lego sort of knows that. and it was, Well, there's like a monologue on it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of like, you know... Just like went for it. And they're like, yeah, you know, like there's this there's two different ways that people, you know, play with Legos. There's like kids and they kind of have their, you know, crazy off the wall, it's just you know, an imaginative toy. But there's also sort of like the very orderly, you know, kind of adult way yeah. to play with them, which is you follow the instructions and you build these huge things. And I don't know, I just, I just thought it was really interesting that that actually was something that showed up in the movie. You know, it's not something I would have yeah. expected. And um no, it was cool. It was cool that you know, they um, just sort of 
contrasted those two different those two different things. Yeah, it, it was. I like that. So there were there were a couple points in the movie. We talked about the one where they were talking about the brands that they shouldn't have covered or whatever. But that's another thing where it was very like it actually literally was fourth wall busting where they're talking about Lego the phenomenon, right? Inside of not inside of the confines of people live in the Lego universe, but they're talking about like what's it actually? What's the world like in reference to Lego? You know, mm-hmm. it's like it, they literally say on the box. You know, it's recommended for 8 to 14. That's just a suggestion, <laughs> which is a great moment. I Wait, thought, they're not toys. We bought them from the toy store. <laughs> I thought, by the way, that kid, was, that was some seriously good acting, I thought. The, the little kid, like, he, yeah. he pitched perfect for that. He was on screen long, but I thought he was really, really good. Um, the two other things I really want to mention, the the spaceship guy. I thought that was freaking hilarious. Where he finally got to build a spaceship. You're, you're looking at me like you were not impressed. I, but I, I suspect that was his least favorite part really? of the whole movie. No, I think so. Part of the movie. Yeah. I, I found it's the least interesting of the characters. I don't know. Oh, I, I just thought when he got to build his spaceship and he was just blasting through stuff. Spaceship. Spaceship. Oh, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> you don't like that. Okay, the other thing I really liked was that the... I, I, did, I, did, I really liked Unikitty. Unikitty... Was amazing. I mean, I mean, I think she got pissed partially, at the end? partially because like Alison Brie is always amazing in everything she does, and everything she does is so different than everything else she's always ever done. It's like hard to believe that it's Alison Brie again, and this is another role where she was like, I have time to myself. This, this is this is Trudy from Mad Men, and <laughs> this is Annie from Community, right. but it doesn't. She feels not even remotely like either one of those, and I think she's just an, ama- an amazingly. An amazing actress who's like completely underrated, and every time she has a role, she transcends, you know, the role. And uh, Unikitty is just her late. <laughs> I was really pleasantly surprised with that character because I thought for sure that I would hate just every scene that she was in. Yeah, I expected really that great. as well. Yeah, I, I, I love the the Powerpuff Girls moment at the end where she's like, she got pissed, <laughs> <laughs> she started taking stuff out left and right. Man, uh, isn't that reboot gonna happen, right? Powerpuff Girls, it, it just happened just now. It, well, not the second while we're sitting here, but yeah, it's just within the last month or so. Oh, I was just kidding. No, no, it's Is actually really there. I, it really, it's called, I forget, I forget, it's Pants or something like that. I forget, there's some longer title, but it's like Dance Pants or, we'll look it up, we'll find it. You've got to be kidding No, me. no, I'm, I'm 100% serious. Know, I'm going to look it up right now. You guys um, keep going. The, uh, the other thing was, uh, I really like the fact that the relics were like the real world stuff, so they found, and they, they kept mispronouncing them, Band-Aid or something, for instead of Band-Aid. And yeah, like, yeah, that was really the, good. The craggle was like crazy glue, but all the stuff had been scratched off, so that's all the letters they had left, and the, the na- I forget what the nail polish one was, but that was hilarious. Yeah. No, I think I think it, it, it seemed it was clever and it seemed it was funny just in the abstract, you know. And then when it was revealed that oh, these are just the things that are lying around the the, the actual like Lego table in yes. real life, it, like it sort of tied it together and made made the right. whole conceit work better. Because I mean, I had my I had my sort of like the stand moment when we they cut back to that. I'm like, okay, you just changed the rules on me here, and <laughs> you know, and and this is just like this whole new new dimension that you know what didn't it all have any sort of like tie back into the movie but then when they what but then you know like as became revealed that that all these things they have seated before were actually were you know were actually explained by this then yeah. i was more okay with the fourth wall busting will ferrell you know yeah, cameo yeah, yeah. world it was not, foreshadowing not not because i mean it didn't help that he was in it but at least i felt like it like you know logically made more sense in the end you know thanks to these little you know clues they planted earlier on so with stranger than fiction did you were you annoyed that he was in there the whole time you felt it wasn't will ferrell in that movie no, I mean you like the movie, right? I, I love the movie. I, I, fantastic movie. I mean, I, I think every bad comic actor, it, it, deep down inside them, has an amazing dramatic actor. Like and when Jim, they do Jim that, Carrey. yeah, you know, he does, you know, Truman Show. Truman Show know, is great. Yeah, and a fantastic. You know, everything else, crap. Same thing. We'll throw everything in crap except for you know, *Sinister* and *Fiction*. What about *Spotless Mind* for Jim Carrey? Uh, actually, no, that's another fantastic. Okay. Movie. okay, well, I mean, so like maybe not one, maybe like <laughs> a handful at okay. best, <laughs> but you know, the, the vast minority. 
you know, is so. So with Stranger Than Fiction, Will Ferrell was in it, but you, I'm just curious. I'm trying to contrast it because to me, it seemed like a similar role. So no, I mean, and I think it wasn't his acting that was bad in this movie. It just felt like there's this cliche of like throwing like Will Ferrell or Ben Stiller or Jim Carrey or in other movies towards the end for the shocking like you know cameo role. And I'm like blanking on a few examples, but I feel like this has happened like tons of times. And you don't like it, and I hate it. I, I like it. Actually. I kind of like it. Too. Hate it. <laughs> hate it. It just feels like such a like cheap shot, you know. Well, so but see, I think you're assuming. Well, I, I I don't know how it's resonating with you, but it sounds like it, for you, it's playing as if it's like a publicity thing or like a, a, just a way to sort of get more extra attention. But for me. It's something unexpected that you you know this guy in another context, and it's the last person you expect to show up. It, maybe not in this case because he was voicing one of the characters, but it, it, to me, it was a it was a surprise. You know, it was it was fun to see something I wasn't yeah. expecting. I mean, maybe it's irrational. I'm not I'm not defending defending that like that my dislike of this phenomenon <laughs> is like makes any real sense. Yeah. I just I feel like it often happens in movies that like I don't like as well, mm. and so like I have this, this distaste for that kind of thing. Like, oh, you know, we need something funny and shocking, so let's throw in one of these, you know, random actors that like that that, that will agree to do this kind of thing. <laughs> oh, Will Ferrell this time. All right. I think. By the way, I think they probably whoever they had be you know. Uh, Present business would have been that role. I don't think it was just. I think that that's fine. Yeah, and and I think whoever they had do the voice would be the yeah. And maybe it's just an unfortunate coincidence that this phenomenon exists, and it happens to this particular like instantiation happens to resemble that phenomenon. And really, it is the fact that they're just using you know present business, and he happens to have voiced it, which is a great name. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and it's fine. And I just, but I just immediately like reacted to it and like, okay, you 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 went there, you 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 know, you were so desperate for ideas, you just threw Will Ferrell in for shock value, and then like I just derailed my emotional experience in the movie so much that I didn't really ever recover. And it wasn't in a great place to begin with before that either. So fair or not, it just, for me, it really took the movie down a few notches. I mean, in retrospect, I think my reaction is probably more negative than to Will Ferrell than was warranted because it, it didn't make more sense giving him be, making him have it be the president and stuff. I just, honestly, in the movie, like I, with theater, I was, I was very unhappy to see him on the screen. And, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The, the other thing I, I really liked was that the emphasis they had on, you know, I, I don't know if it was the intention of the entire movie, but I, I liked how there was sort of this element of, you know, creativity was maybe one of the major themes of the movie, right? Creating your own whatever. In this case, obviously, it's Legos, so they would like you to buy the Lego sets. But it was still this idea of like, you know, go make stuff. I, I think that's cool. You know, that's not something you see a lot in, in major feature films, you know, even kids movies. You know, that doesn't come up a lot. It's usually like. Even Toy Story is like, here are these toys, play with these toys. But this was more like, go go make some stuff. I thought that was cool. No, that was cool. I mean, I think that the core message was, you know, everybody is special, you know, which they hammered quite a lot, which is which is the standard every single kid's movie yeah. message. Yeah. And that, like, that it's was... It's a message you use when you don't have a message. Yeah, <laughs> and they, at least they had this other one kind of on the side. And it kind of, you know, as the movie developed, it became more of the, you know, a bigger message. Um, I felt still felt like they spent an awful lot of time talking about how, like, oh, he's just the everyman, but he's still so special and amazing. And Well, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if I strictly agree with that. I, I thought at the end of the movie, I thought what they were trying to say was, you know, in any there, there is some moment for you, which is the moment that you are you need to do something that somebody else can't do. That doesn't mean every single moment is your moment, but there are specific times where you can offer something that other people can't, like make a double decker the couch or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> So I, I I understand what you're saying there, but I think I think it was a just a hair difference than the everybody special. It's like we need you for something. It may not be this particular moment, but it, it's coming. Just get ready. I don't know. I, maybe maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just want to see the Legos. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Uh, okay. I guess that's it. See you next time, guys. Okay, so welcome to Low Earth Orbit. This is, well, let me do the, the bumper thing first. Is anybody okay? Yeah. All right. I just, you don't have to do anything, but I <laughs> just want to make sure that you... Uh, this week on Low Earth Orbit, we review the Lego movie. Well, Lego movie. There was like an A-H at the end of that. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 31. Is that what you say? Yeah. Usually, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Oh, that sounded weird to me. Welcome to Low Earth, low earth Orbit. <clears throat> what, what the hell does Kermit say when he's like reporting? He's reporting. Like does, when, he, does he say like this is Kermit the Frog reporting from? Oh, is that what it was? I thought there was. I thought he had some line for some reason. Okay. Because you actually said you were going to listen to it on the plane. So literally, you're on the plane, nothing else to do. I'm sure and, it's other podcasts. <laughs> well, I, I, I <laughs> Small Tech Podcast came out that day. I was not on the plane instead. <laughs> To be fair, you already know how ours ends. <laughs> it's like it was so predictable. <laughs> Perfect. That was awesome. That'll just be the bumper. It's just Justin swallowing podcast. This week on Lower Thorbit, Justin swallows water. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, why is he not saying anything? You're such a roll. I didn't want to stop you. Literally, my mind, it was like, oh, I must be saying something really profound because Steve, Steve's not saying anything. It just turned out he just had to He literally choked up. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I was like, I never had such an effect on Steve talking about toys. Uh-oh. I actually profoundly disagreed with you. I just didn't say anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>